Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer web radio show brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Avian Health Program editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and, you guessed it, host of this show right here, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge uh, about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. And, of course, homesteading as well. Be sure to check us out online at chickenwhisperer.com. That's chickenwhisperer.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, go check us out on Instagram, and most importantly, not going to cost you a dime, subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Not some bait and switch, not some, oh, it's free for the first issue, no, the digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine is absolutely free. There is no reason for you not to subscribe to that. Science-based, fact-based, study-based information from true poultry professionals, including poultry scientists, poultry veterinarians, poultry nutritionists, to help you and me raise a healthy flock of chickens. you got to love it. Thanks so much again for tuning in. This is Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, and I'll be back right after this short break. At Kambach Feeds, Our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, Chicken Whisperer fans. I'm proud to partner with Rita Marie's Chicken Coops. 
Rita Marie's provides American-made, built-to-order chicken coops with the highest quality and attention to detail. Their mission is to empower Americans with self-sufficiency while making America's backyards beautiful. I have one of their coops. I'm using it for my Bovin's Brown Layers. I went with a Dutch-style coop that has a classic barn style, and I was able to pick the size, features, and paint and trim colors that I wanted. I was surprised at the overall detail and the quality of construction. Rita Marie's builds the highest quality Amish crafted coops made to your order for an easy hands-off experience. Remember that not all Amish products are created equal. Find your beautiful new coop at largechickencoops.com. That's largechickencoops.com. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Palmbach Feeds. Hope you're having a fabulous Thursday afternoon. It is busy here on the homestead. Not only do we have our regular everyday chores that we're doing, 
Um, but we've got to get ready for processing tomorrow. We've got 21 Cornish cross meat birds from Hoover's Hatchery. Yep, that's Hoover's Hatchery. They provided those for us for our farm school. And uh, we're going to have eight or ten very excited kids here tomorrow for our farm school processing the birds. They saw them when they were just a couple of days old. They put them in the brooder. We got them out of the brooder. We put them in the tractor. They've been feeding them and, and watering them and watching them grow. We've been weighing them the whole nine yards. Tomorrow is going to be uh, one heck of a day. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very tiring as well. So we've got to get everything ready. We've got to get the, uh, the, uh, the plucker out and get it all geared up and ready to roll. We've got to get the scalder out got to get the uh, propane tanks moved up here for the scalder. We've got to get the uh, killing cone on the side of the barn. Um, let's see what else. Got to get the evisceration table set up and all those great goodies we got from Stromberg's chickens last year when we did uh, the processing. So that's going to be doing tomorrow. And then I got to go over to the store. I got to get some ice. Well, I get the ice in the morning. Ooh, you can see I'm already tired and everybody listening is yawning too. It's contagious. Um, Got to get all that done. So tomorrow's a big processing day, so we're looking forward to that. Today, we started our third and final study. We're calling it a study uh, demonstration. Uh, our just, hey, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> With our uh, small pet select feed that they sent us, if you remember, this is our third test. We initially, uh, and basically, to, again, make a long story short, uh, to the naked eye, it looks like scratch with a few pellets added in it, um, and, but it is labeled as a complete feed. And so obviously we you know the calcium and the amino acids that are required and the vitamins and minerals, all that is pretty much coming from the pellets. So the first test we did was I put some in kind of a 9 or 10-inch round dish, set it in the, in, in the yard and called the chickens over. And as I assumed that what would happen, they pretty much the scratch and left the pellets behind. That was our first test that we did. We did that on video. You saw it with your own naked eyes. Then I put the rest of the bag into the feeder, which the chickens in that one particular coop that we're testing, um, in their regular old feeder, put the feed in there. 24 hours later, you saw the results live on the live video. They ate the scratch grains and all the grains, the millet and the sunflower seeds and all that stuff, but left the pellets behind. That was 24-hour test. We removed it and got them back on their awesome compact, uh, um, balanced uh, nutrition. Uh, but I shared those uh, results with the company, and I said, I'd really like to do one more. I'd like to have one more 10-pound bag, and what I'll do is when they're done with their regular laying pellets, then I will just put in the whole entire 10-pound bag, put it in that particular coop with those particular chickens, and we're going to see what happens. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I think today, because it is now in their coop. I did a live video this morning showing you the feed, showing you and telling you about the test we've done before. Um, it's in their coop right this second, and we'll go check it in 24 hours. Tomorrow morning I'll check it, and I feel like we're going to see that a lot of the scratch is gone, a lot of pellets are left behind. 24 hours later, I'll check it again, and we'll probably see that most of the scratch is gone, and then there's just the pellets left. And then the next day we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, it, it, my goal here is to see uh, if all that's left are the pellets, which in this case I think they're making it a complete feed, not the scratch, um, then we'll reach out to our poultry nutritionist we, we have good relationships with and ask them a question. If these chickens eat scratch out of this, out of this feeder on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then because that's all that's left, and they're thinking probably, I'm kind of hungry and all that's left is the pellets. I guess I'll eat them since that's all that's there. And then they eat the pellets on Thursday. 
would that be still considered a complete feed and a still complete ration and still healthy for the bird if all they're doing is eating scratch on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they're getting the pellets on Thursday. And then you fill it back up with another 10-pound bag. They eat scratch on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Monday they're actually eating the pellets because that's all that is left. Uh, from the my lay uh, chicken keeper standpoint, that's that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. If I give, uh, If I put mashed potatoes, Skittles, and broccoli on my child's plate, we know he's going to eat the Skittles first and then the mashed potatoes, and then my kids don't like mashed potatoes, but and, and then and then the broccoli last. And it'll be a fight. They're going to eat the broccoli before now it is bedtime. So um, if my kids ate Skittles for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and then ate broccoli on Wednesday and then ate Skittles on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and then ate broccoli on Sunday, I think we can all agree that's not very healthy So uh, for my kids. So is eating scratch. So this is my goal. I think you all get the picture of this, this final, third and final test we're going to do with the uh, small pet select uh, feed uh, and the, 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 their uh, nutritionally, what they claim, the nutritionally balanced feed, 18% protein. Um, and you all saw the videos. If you haven't, go back and watch some very interesting stuff. So we got that going on. Also, we had mail call this morning. Uh, we got four huge, big bales of the odor control shavings. We're going to do test number three and test number four with those um, where – we already did where we put the odor control shavings in the coop and we locked the birds in for five or six days total. It's back when they, our Brovens Brown were getting used to the coop and getting them used to this. That's their coop. That's where you're going to stay. That's where you're going to come back to at night. Um, and then we did a test where we did just seven days comparing it to large flake pine shavings that you get at the big box store. This next test we're going to do is we're going to see how many days out with our eyes and nose uh, we can go any extra other than just a regular old $5 a bale of large flake pine shavings you buy at the big box store. We'll put these odor control shavings in, and we're going to see, is it day 10, is it day 12, is it day 14, is it day 8? How many more days do we feel just from sight and, scent, you know, sight and smell of using these on a regular basis now, um, off and on, comparing them to the others? Um, how, few, how many more days we feel that we can get out of these odor control shavings. That'll be one test. And then our final test with the shavings, they're not even on the market yet, uh, is this one. We're going to actually put Sweet PDZ Coop Refresher down on the, on the coop floor. Then we're going to put the odor shavings on top of the Sweet PDZ. And then I'm going to use the Chick Fresh Odor Control Spray every single day when I collect the eggs, 10 to 15 sprays in the coop. And we're going to see triple whammy. Um, basically, we're calling it triple threat. If all three of those odor control products, how long we get before we feel like, again, we need to get new shavings in there. Uh, is, is using all three, is it going to get us three weeks out? Is it going to just get us two weeks out? Are we going to see any difference in using all three than just one or just two of those three odor control products? So very cool stuff going on here at the farm. Exciting news today is I went and uh, to get some hay out of the uh, livestock trailer. And uh, lo and behold, I went to move a bale of hay, and what did I see? Well, I saw our cat, Smokey, with four, maybe five. I think there's just four, but I may have seen one under her. Uh, four or five new little kittens here on the farm. So needless to say, Lily is thrilled. Uh, she's beside herself. Oh, you know, six-year-old little girl who loves animals anyway. Now there's baby kittens here. Um, baby kittens? Is that a double negative, double positive? Baby kittens. There are kittens here. <laughs> And um, she's she's just beside herself. So um, we've got some some kids here. We'll be tending to as well. Tomorrow's processing and farm school. We're excited about that. Also, Jen got uh, for her for her preschool three to five year olds the uh, um, storybook farm class. That was also tomorrow. Uh, she got her butterfly farm in the mail. So she's got the little um, caterpillars and these little 
cups, and I guess she's got the little thing. She's done it in her classroom a billion times when she was in the kindergarten uh, teacher, but uh, then I guess they formed the chrysalis, and then, of course, the butterfly. So we're going to be hatching, I guess, our uh, butterflies out in the um, uh, preschool, I guess, three- to five-year-old uh, storybook farm class. So she's excited about that tomorrow since we have all this set up. Uh, she's got that going on, Chicken Whisper Farm School. You can find it on Facebook. So you can find a link to that over on my uh, chickenwhisper.com page as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on here that I wanted to share you about this kind of – oh, the cedar shavings test. I'm done with it. I'm wiping my hands clean of it. Um, again, because of all the hoopla over the years about cedar shavings and other bad, 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 don't use them, bad, 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 and I'm not just, I'm, you, know, you know my drill there. Show me proof. Show me a study. Challenge is still open, $100, right in your pocket, $100 gift card to the store of your choice. You can show me a legitimate study that shows cedar shavings are bad for baby chicks in the brooch setting. Um, okay, so I'm done. It's been, it's been about four weeks, uh, and uh, our bovins brown. We weighed them. They're eating, you know, eating. Drinking, no, no eye issues, no sneezing, no coughing, no, no fart, nothing. They're fine. They're happy as as, as all get, they're going back into the GPF later today, four weeks. So um, I did that for you guys. Um, typical Rubbermaid bin brooder with a one gallon water, the quart feeder, and uh, it runs the Eco Glow 20 heater, and so you know whatever. So they, no, no, no. Wait. Now, what does this mean at the end of the day, folks? Well, it just means <laughs> we raised baby chicks for four weeks and cedar shavings, and at this point. They're going into the brooder. That's all it means. Uh, there's, I can't say, oh, that they're safe. I'm not going to say that they're safe. I'm not even going to recommend, as I haven't over the last decade, to use cedar shavings in your brooders um, because this is just, again, it's four weeks. So what does it mean? Um, it means nothing that we didn't know four weeks ago. But it was just something I wanted to do to show you guys, and this is another kind of thing that we could do here on the farm, four weeks, it may have been five, uh, cedar shavings, typical brooder setup, None of these issues that everybody talks about having. Does that mean if we do it next time, they're not they're going to have issues? No. Does it mean they're not? No. Does it mean anything? No. There's not any official study, um, but I just wanted to do that and show you that kind of weekly process. But a couple of times a week, I showed you that to see if there was any issues with our cedar shavings study. And uh, the challenge is still there. The challenge is still valid after 10 years. Ten, actually, 11 years. 11 years of asking people to fill my email up with a study, legitimate study that legitimately shows cedar shavings are bad for baby chicks. Um, send me that study. I'll present that study that you present me to powers that be, Dr. McRae, Dr. Pateski, uh, Dr. Jefferson, and others, and say, hey, is this a legitimate study that truly proves cedar shavings are bad for baby chicks? If it is, I will send you a $100 gift card to the store of your choice, period. Okay, let's move on to the show. We're talking about waterers, no, feeders today. We're talking about chicken feeders with my absolutely awesome awesome friend, and uh, I do call her a colleague, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D., over from Auburn University, and uh, co-author and of what? Every, every other book, co-author of every book that would come, come to light here. And in fact, um, I got a new release date for everybody, the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Waste-Free Chicken Keeping. I thought it was going to be August. I think, I don't, unless it's been updated, Amazon shows August. But I just received an email, and they're saying June 11th uh, that book will be available. And you, I know you can pre-order it over wow. on Amazon. So, two months early. Uh, so, dude, I know. I was surprised. So, uh, well, I think they were trying to beat a deadline that we had. I think you saw those emails. Um, uh, yeah. Tractor Supply. 
uh, there's a deadline where they have to, if it's going to be in the fall tractor supplies, it's got to, so they're trying to meet that deadline. So by June 11th, I think it'll be released, and I've got the official cover that they want me to share on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. So I'll try to get that done as well. We all know there's no such thing as waste-free chicken keeping. So uh, don't be emailing me saying, your book says waste-free chicken keeping, and it's not waste-free chicken keeping. There's no such I've, I've told you that from day one, from the very first time the pencil hit the paper. There's really no such thing, but that's what we're calling the book, like it or not. So um <laughs> gives you an idea. Let's talk. Oh, how are you, Dr. McRae? Let us, what's going on in your world? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, things are going okay today. Um, went to go work with some of my colleagues over in the Poultry Science Building, and uh, we're looking at making another video. You know how I... Um, I make those those multiple videos and put them on YouTube through my job. Yep. Um, this one's just going to be a single three-minute video. And it's going to be on how to do a fowlpox vaccination. Because, cool. you know, you've seen them before, right? It's just like the simplest yes. thing. One stick, done. But, you know, we're going to go through this is the equipment, this is how you mix it. Is how you hold the chicken. That's to deliver through the wing, the wing web, I think it's called, or the wing. Yeah, it's a wing web stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's how you clean up afterwards. So, oh, in three minutes or less. Unless I do a terrible job editing and then, well, (laughs) then I'll have done a terrible job editing. (laughs) But I'm on the learning curve for this. Um, Yeah, yeah. No, things are going well this week. It's it's just going to be a new adventure. I don't think I told your listeners this yet, Andy, but I'm headed to Mexico to speak to backyard flock owners. Really? There's a yes. Later on this month. Um, by the way, Andy, I'm going to be out one of these <laughs> days. <laughs> Oops, forgot to tell you. Um, because I'm going to be in Mexico. Um, actually, I'm going to be flying back that day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, every year they have, twice a year, they have a big conference for backyard chicken owners where people come and they just come to, you know, learn how to do things a little bit better, uh, nutrition, biosecurity, predators, um, you know, just some folks are coming for the first time. Some co- folks keep coming back. But um, they bring in speakers from all over to talk to these folks. And so, um, obviously, my Spanish is not up to snuff, so I'll have an interpreter. But uh, I'm going to be talking to the uh, folks in Veracruz about um, biosecurity. I have a game that we play. It's the uh, biosecurity pop quiz. And then uh, we also are going to play the, the predator whodunit game. Cool. Based on the evidence left behind, who did the deed? So, um, lots of fun, and uh, so that's kind of what I've been on on the on the books. So, yeah, you want to talk about feeders? Yes, absolutely. I, I've had to stop and tell the kids not to touch anything. Mom apparently gathered a bunch of clover and they're making clover tea. So I guess she bowled some water and she poured it in a, a cup and put a bunch of clover bud, buds, a little what anyway, clover in it. I don't know. 
they're going to oh. drink it, I guess. And so they're they're doing some kind of homeschool project with clover tea. Clover tea, right, Mama? Yeah, clover tea. So uh, that, I didn't want them to. Any bees in your clover tea? Touch, touch the stove. I hope not. There might be some chicken poop in it, though. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Moving on. Um. <laughs> Yeah. I came in. I said, "I said, what are you doing?" She says, "We're gonna make clover tea," and she's t- putting the stems in with what we feed the pigs, and then she's taking little white little buds, I guess, or whatever they are, and putting them in this cup to pour boiling water. She's over robbing like, the bees. I'm like the chickens have access to that. She says, oh, "I'm looking for chicken poo. If there's any chicken poo, I won't use those." Like, oh. oh. <laughs> Snatch one of those and send it to me. I'll test it for her. We'll test her chicken poo. And we'll see how often clover tea makes it onto the menu. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, and then she's like, well, we're going to boil it, so it should all be good and fine after we boil it for, and then let it sit in the boiling water for an hour. So she poured boiling water into the cup with all the clover, and then she set the timer for 60 minutes. And so it's, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm not a scientist. I'm guessing after 60 minutes of sitting in boiling water, you could drink uh, chicken poo, I guess, if you, I don't know. I'm not, you're, you're the... You're the microbiologist, not me. With, with boiling water and sitting in boiling water for, of course, it cools over that minute. Would that yeah. kill salmonella and everything 60 else? 60 seconds or 60 water. minutes? 60 minutes, yeah. So so she, bo- she brought water to a boil and then poured that water into a cup with all the uh, clover in it. And then, and then it's set there in the boiling water for 60 minutes for one hour. So it continued to boil during the one hour. No, she she brought the water to a boil. Oh, took the yeah. Water I don't know about that, eye. Andy. I'd say move on. <laughs> hey, we're gonna find out soon enough. Drink up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, so I'm just let me forewarn you. If you soon see a nationwide public service announcement from the CDC that says, please do not make and drink clover tea if you own backyard chickens, then you'll know why. (laughs) Well, if you range your backyard chickens on them or fertilize the spot with their manure. Yeah. They have access to this spot, and and we've got tons of clover in that spot. The chickens do have access to that spot. They don't congregate there, but they they can walk through it, so oh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Not All right. a big deal today if the CDC doesn't want you to wash your chicken. I know they came out with this a while ago, but it's getting some super, super feedback now, and they came out again, I think, this week with it. Do not wash your raw chicken before cooking it. Uh, and the, and the, I, just so people know, they're like, what? Just because, you know, if you hold a raw chicken under your faucet in your kitchen, all those water droplets are going to splash on everything around and on the counter, and maybe you're fixing salad there too, whatever. So they're thinking, just just don't wash your raw chicken before you cook it, because if you cook it like you're supposed to at 165 degrees, it's going to kill. <laughs> yeah, okay, I just want to eat salad. Fixes that problem. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, that's, I love it. That's, that's the key there, splashing uh, water, chick, uh, raw chicken juice all over your kitchen is not yeah. really appropriate, I guess. So um, they're saying don't wash your chicken, just cook it. Because if you cook it properly at 165 degrees, it's not going to be an issue anyways, whether you wash it or not. So, and everybody's up in an uproar. So 
so yeah, chicken feeders. Man, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of my chicken feeders. Um, Jen's not a fan of our chicken feeders. It's what we use because I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of what's available. Which one? Well, that's because it's locked. It doesn't. You doesn't have the opportunity to remove. We use those galvanized metal tube feeders, and notoriously, the bigger ones you can adjust it has a three-hole adjustment, high or low, based on how much feed you want to come out the bottom end into the trough area. And notoriously, those springs that hold those pins into the one of those three holes always breaks. So you go to fill it up, or it's halfway full, and you go to pick it up for movement, and the, the tube comes off, and feed falls all over and overflows and all over the ground. So we're not a fan. We use them. Uh, because that's that's one way we can deliver a lot of feed to our chickens. But um, it's uh, it's not our favorite. But that's what's what we've used for years and years and years and years. And there's a flaw in the system, but we keep using it. Um, I've been kind of wanting to use the grandpa feeders, where they have to step on that plate to, in order to get their feed. But I haven't seen any big big ones to deliver. I'm not to be out there putting feed in there every day, gum day. So I'm not I'm not keen on maybe using those those kind of feeders but tell us what you got dr mccray i'm ready to hear okay well let's go through some little basic steps to start with and then we'll get into some of the specialty items like your grandpa's feeder okay um okay. first and foremost you've got to use the right kind of feeder for the right age of your bird when they're okay. chicks you don't need to put a 50 pound feeder in there that holds a whole sack of feed you can go with a smaller feeder. Totally fine. Um, reduces the crush hazard. <laughs> but um, on day one, we usually recommend that you put feed everywhere so that the chicks can find it in your brooder. Have a nice big um, feeder in there for them to find the food. But if you've got a, a larger space, put paper plates down that have feed in them so that the chicks just really easily find food and are not confused as to where it is, what it smells like, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, they aren't going to stay there the whole time. And baby chicks are baby chicks. They're gregarious. They are full of energy. And they're going to make a mess with whatever you don't pick up after, like, say, the first 24 hours. So we also recommend that your feeder have some sort of guard over the top of it. So with those really long, skinny feeders that are like either, you know, was that three or four inches wide by 12 or 18 inches long, those usually either have a slide top or a snap top where they've got ovals cut out on both sides so that the chicks can't actually get in there scratch around, and kick the feed out. Of course, if you let the feed get low, they're going to get in there, scratch around, kick the feed out. And then, of course, you got that one stupid chick that just gets in there and goes, I can't get out, and, you know, it's so lost. Um, so, you know, just make sure you have a feeder that is the right size for your coop. Each chick needs about one inch of space until they're much older, of linear space of feeder room to gain access to the feeder. Um, So if you've got 20 chicks and you've got an 18-inch feeder, then you're good to go. But if you've got a a one-foot feeder, remember that's that's one inch on or or, um, 12 inches on each side of it. 
so yours still get to go. Those round mason jar feeders, if you're not sure uh, how many inches of space that is, you know, just calculate based upon the diameter, um, you know, do the math. Pi R squared equals the, the length around the circumference. So you take the diameter, and most of them will give you the diameter or the radius in inches, and so you can just divide that in half for the radius, and then that's your R for pi R squared, and then you get your your answer there. Um, so a little math with our feeder today, our feeder topic today, Andy. Just didn't didn't want to scare you with that, or else he would have made me choose <laughs> another topic, folks. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, so for your feeders, here's the hardest part of the whole thing. Okay. You've always got to keep your height, your feeder height, at the height of your chick's back, in the middle of their back. So it's a good idea to keep all your chicks like um, together. So keep your bantam chicks in one box and your large fowl chicks in a different box because you're going to need to raise their feeder height um, at different rates as they grow. Keeping them together means that your little ones are going to lose out or you're going to waste copious amounts of feed. Uh, So think about that. Uh, There are feeders that are made of plastic, metal, um, some that are somewhat of a hybrid, but then there's also wooden feeders. So let's go through some of the pluses and minuses of what your feeders are made of. Um, So for metal feeders, it's usually galvanized metal. um, Easy for you to take apart, usually. Um, I find that uh, in the brooder, using those galvanized metal feeders that slide off rather than have a hinge to top are uh, really good at slicing my thumb open. So uh, just just make sure that when you go to buy your feeders, you handle them, you take them apart, that you have an easy time taking them apart and putting them back together there in the store before you get home. Because if you have trouble with it in the store, leave it on the shelf. But I like metal and plastic because they are easy to clean. It's a good biosecurity measure. To clean them on a week, mm-hmm. weekly basis. So that doesn't mean you can't use wooden feeders. I like painted wooden feeders just fine. Mm-hmm. The thing with wooden feeders with most folks is it becomes a project for kids and their parents to do together. Taking a deep wooden trough and putting it out there for the chickens and maybe making a, a little stand for it, that's great. However, chickens can still use that poor feeder as a perch, and you really don't want them to use it as a perch. So you've got to design something to go over the top of a plain old wooden trough that keeps chickens from perching on it. Now, there are um, rotating um, beams that you can put on there. You can put wire over the top, kind of a wire guard that's wide enough to let chickens put their head in. Um, But even with the smaller metal 
galvanized feeders, the ones that are, you know, 18 to 24 inches long, they've got those rotating bars on the top so the chickens don't perch on them and, you know, therefore defecate in them or knock them over, and then you've got an empty feeder. And the chickens think they're starving to death. But, you know, that's that's kind of the adventure of design and uh, the fun in painting your own um, chicken feeder, making sure that if this is a feeder that's made out of wood and it's going to be outdoors, make sure it's the kind of paint that can handle the out-of-doors and isn't going to wash off. So, um, you know, and, and paint all surfaces so that, you know, in case it does get knocked over, then, you know, if the bottom didn't have paint on it, then, you know, it gets wet and starts rotting out. Well, bad situation. You always want two of any kind of feeder that you're using. You're going to have one of your two feeders in the coop at any given time. The other one is waiting to go into the coop. You clean, you disinfect it, and then you put it out to dry for a couple days, and then it waits its turn for a week inside the coop. So you rotate your feeders in the coop on a weekly basis. But, um, you know, that does mean that you have to have a couple of feeders in the brooder, a couple of feeders in each of your coops, and um, giving your feeders a good, solid week to dry means that you should not see any sort of a mold problem once you add feed back into that feeder. And this is just also common sense. I know most people know that if they feel that that feeder is just a little bit wet, and oh, but they got to get feed back in front of the birds, and oh, we've got to go to so-and-so's birthday party, it'll be fine, and they just pour the feed right in there. Or, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations where you got to do right by your birds. Aflatoxin can cause egg yolk mm-hmm. peritonitis in birds, and it can develop rather quickly. And wet feed is completely capable of, you know, growing mold, having aflatoxins develop and form, and your chickens are going to eat it up, and then, boom, dead within mm-hmm. days. So, mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Let's avoid that situation, hey? <laughs> so, yeah, your big tube feeders, do they hold um, 30 pounds or 40 pounds, Andy? My feeders? Yeah, the big tube ones. Mine are a 30-pound feeder. Okay. They're, now, they got the tall, I've got actually three sizes. I've got, for my meat birds in the tractor, I have the two of the smaller ones because we have, you know, 21 birds, and you know how meat birds eat, so we make sure they've got two feeders all the time so they're, they can all get kind of around the feeder and feed when they want to. we got two feeders mm-hmm. in, in the tractor for them. And then that's a smaller one. That probably is just a 10-pound feeder and then we've got probably a 20 pound feeder and I'll tell you why because I think that was the only uh, 
a galvanized tube style feeder they had when I needed it, and then it's in our Rita Marie's chicken coop, so I've got that one there. And then in the two coops, one in the front and the back, I've got the big, and it's a uh, it's a 30 pound. It holds a 30 pound. It's not 40 because I know that it's about it's not a, a 50 pound bag of feed. I can fill that up and still probably have about I guess 20 pounds left. But so if they are they're the 30 pound feeders. I've got two of those big ones. Good. The long, okay. center, hollow tube. Yep. So well, those are what I've got. You're going to go on vacation. I've got kind of have a mix. Yeah. If you're going on vacation, having a big, long, tall feeder mm-hmm. that holds almost a bag of feed, or enough mm-hmm. for your birds for your vacation, means that whoever's house sitting for you doesn't have to really lug bags around. Um, mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. need to check in on the birds and make sure they're okay and make sure the food hasn't been spilt and the water's still running, and you're good to go. But, but, your, um, you know, your your smaller operations with the smaller feeders, yeah, I would say it's worth it to spend the, the $30 for the um, larger tube feeders. If you go on vacations, if you go out of town or, um, take quick weekend trips, then you don't have to worry about your birds running out of food mm-hmm. because, you know, any little stress like that can cause them to stop laying eggs. But mm-hmm. there are lots of different kinds of feeders out there. And I think, Andy, I'm going to let you go to commercial break. Okay. And then we're going to talk about some of the new stuff that's out on the market. That sounds like a plan. Um, I'm trying to think if we have any other feeders here. I'll let you know after the break while I think about it. But, uh, folks, we are talking with my good friend, uh, Dr. Bridget McCray, PhD. We're talking all about chicken feeders. And I've already learned something. I do not have two feeders for every single coop. And so, um, and to be honest, I yeah, can't really well actually I take that back we we do clean since we have the farm school every Friday the kids come out and we do clean the waterers uh, uh, every Friday and, and the feeders as well every Friday um, but before the farm, farm school oh, I know we didn't clean our feeders every single week and I guess um, that would be a good idea if we had a two feeders for every coop and we had one that again ready to roll take one out, put the other one in full of feed, and then it gives us time to clean and disinfect the next one uh, for the next Friday when we clean coops and waterers and feeders with the farm school and put that back in there. I think that would be a great example here. So that's something I'll have to look into getting and counting up the uh, number of feeders that, that we need. So, um, hey, we'll go to commercial break. We'll come back. There's lots more. If you haven't already, you can get that spiral notebook and that pen to take some notes uh, while we uh, – go to this commercial break. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back right after this short break. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. I'm about to say something that may shock you. There's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed. 
leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is The Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now, they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. All right, I also want to share with you this bit of good news. I, I shared it on my Facebook Live earlier today since we're doing commercials. <coughs> pardon me right now. Um, those of you who have been um, really good uh, about uh, ordering and reordering the Chick Fresh Order Control Spray, uh, both for brooders and coops, we use it here on the farm, and uh, we everybody who we've uh, shared that um, with have also had them. So don't just take my word for it. Go look at the reviews on Amazon. Go look at when we broadcast live and we all these true uh, Chick Fresh users are saying, this works fabulous. I use it in my uh, uh, kitty litter box. I use it in my kitchen garbage can before I put the liner in. I use it. This stuff is awesome. Uh, and if you're brooding chicks right now, 
and, and, and you're not liking the smell or the dust, then you need to head on over to Amazon right now and try you some Chick Fresh odor control spray. But let me tell you, right now uh, they have it over there, um, and uh, one bottle is $12.98. I got an email from them or a text from them yesterday that said they saw a pattern. Most people are ordering two bottles when they order uh, at twelve ninety eight. So let's just say that's thirteen bucks a bottle. Two bottles is twenty six dollars, and it is Prime, so you can get it in the two days if you're a Prime membership. What they've done, guys, uh, save you some money. You're already using Chick Fresh. You're already buying two bottles at a time, and, and we have proof of that because we're looking at our orders. Um, they, on Amazon now, have a two-pack. And so Chick Fresh Odor Control Spray two-pack, and it's only twenty-two fifty. So that's only $11.25, if I'm doing my math right, uh, $11.25 instead of $13. So by ordering the two bottles, which the orders already show, people are ordering two bottles at a time, uh, now you can save even more money. So they've got a special option on Amazon now for Chick Fresh, two bottles. It's a two-pack for $22.50. So I want to let you guys know that because if you go back and order from your history, you're just to order two bottles at the $12.98. But there is now a feature to get two bottles for $22.50, which is going to save you some change. Cha-ching, cha-ching. So uh, I wanted to share that with you um, with the uh, the Chick Fresh for those of you who already bought it. If you haven't already bought it, if you want to try one bottle, knock yourself out twelve ninety eight. But you're going to want to buy another bottle. I, I know you're going to. So um, just from all the reviews we've got from people who have used it. So all about chicken feeders. Hopefully you've got your pens and paper during the break. And uh, if you missed any of this, you can go back and listen to this entire show in its entirety because it will be in a podcast here probably 10 minutes after we end the live broadcast. So let me bring back here uh, Dr. McRae. I'm thinking uh, other than the brooder feeders that we got, those little court feeders with the round, colorful plastic bases, of course we like the GQF now because it's got the troughs. Um, trying to think back through the last years and years and years of keeping chickens, what are the all kinds of feeders we've used? We've used hanging the feeders. The mason jar kind. The mason, yep. And then uh, and we, the we use plastic. We use the plastic ones that you can have the uh, hook. You can hang them. We did that. Uh, we've done that before and uh, hang them. You know, some people have learned to make them out of PVC pipe, and um, right, some people right. use buckets and kind of have rain guards over the bucket. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's lots of really interesting solutions out there for for folks to take a look at. Um, I've been checking out um, feeders for myself. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking very carefully at large range feeders for um, yeah. my turkey trial and mm-hmm. um, found some new things that I have, haven't been on the market for, uh, for as long. Um, some real heavy-duty plastic feeders that can hold up to 60 pounds, anywhere from 60 to 40 to 20 on on on, uh, and it's on like a tripod of legs, and it brings it up high up off the ground. Um, again, some are blue, some are red, but um, you know when it comes to when it comes to lugging the feed out there, you really, you know, only want to have to lug it once a week, preferably. 
um, twice a week when birds really get grown and you got meat birds that are just chowing down. But um, we've got a lot of new manufacturing or up-and-coming manufacturing that's taking place in, in the United States. Um, and so I think folks haven't had a chance to see, you know, clearly this isn't something that's a tractor supply yet. Mm-hmm. This is not mm-hmm. something that hangs. So it is something that is going to take up floor space, but it does already lift the feed up to where the birds need it to be. This is for adult birds, not for little chicks. But, um, I'm, you know, you've got regular feeders. The smaller size will fit just fine in the average backyard flock owner's chicken coop. Then you've got the bigger stuff. So if you're ranging birds, if you're ranging turkeys or geese, you need something that, well, can stand up against a bit of a wind, that can handle, you know, birds knocking into it, that doesn't mind a little bit of rain. And so what I've seen are these feeders. Now, there are some larger feeders that can hold up to 300 pounds of feed. Now, that's mm-hmm. for real production purposes. That's if you're out there and you are putting birds on pasture and you're going out there once a week to put feed out there, but, you know, once a week you're also rotating the pasture, and so when those feeders are empty, they're light enough to move, um, maybe pulling a a chicken coop to a different quadrant of uh, um, of pasture for the birds. That's a completely different scenario. But again, plastic. We're back to plastic. Easy to disinfect. You are going to have to watch range feeders much more carefully because blowing rain can still get feed wet. And Wet feed needs to be tossed right into the compost pile. Let let that feed just count it up as product lost. Get uh-huh. your dry feed away from your wet feed as quickly as possible and clean out your range feeders. Um, uh-huh. Dry it. That may mean that you're out there drying it with a towel or a shop vac just getting that water out of there and then refilling it uh, mm-hmm. because those those feeders are just, you know, you don't want to lose 300 pounds of feed at one shot. No, thank you. <laughs> Pass. No way. Okay. So one of the biggest problems that people have <laughs> have explained to me is that wild birds come in and sneak food mm-hmm. or steal food. And that's where those um, hinged treadle-type feeders come in. And I have actually seen a larger version of the grandpa's-style feeder on some of these websites. And um, Andy's going to probably call me afterwards, folks, and where are these websites? Well, they need to call me, and <laughs> I'll test their products for them. I'm not going to mention names until I've got a better idea how well these things work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the treadle type does require training. If you enjoy spending time with your birds and teaching them with a clicker or some other method to access um, and not access the feed and not be afraid of the treadle, then that's a great way to do things. Uh, you might want to start with something like uh, putting treats in there, like the honest worm, something that you know the birds are really going to get excited about. And then, of course, when you're excited about something, the learning curve on it is much faster. <laughs> so, yeah, Andy, when's the last time you got really excited about something and you were like, oh, 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 and, and you know, it, it wasn't a chore to learn more about it. <laughs> That's true. Well, probably the last time you did something like that was I don't know, you were pretty interested in the uh the processing equipment, the scalder. Um or no, no, the picker, the featherman plucker, chicken plucker. Yeah, the yard bird, yeah, that's awesome. I gotta pull that out today, matter of fact. Cool. But um if you're designing your own, um Please keep in mind that the weight of your bird is not necessarily the weight of everyone else's bird. So phantoms are going to need a little kinder uh, treadle for them. I mean, some of those phantoms can just stand on the, on the end of those treadles and, and hope that it'll open, but their little bodies aren't big enough to get that thing to pop open. So get the right kind of feeder for the kind of bird that you've got. Um, take a lot of time to, if you can, pull it apart, put it back together. Are there little pieces that you can lose? Are there screws that you're going to drop in the shavings and never find again? Um, you know, just make sure you can take it apart and put it back together and not be like, it's a puzzle that I'll never understand. You want it to be easy. <clears throat> there aren't a whole lot of collars to choose from out there. Um, we tend to like chickens um, to have feeders that are feeders and waters that are red because that's a very stimulating color to them. Makes them want to peck at it. Ducks and geese tend to go for blues and greens. That's their preference. So um, you know, you just got to understand. You know, each species has its own. Neat. So game birds and chickens tend to go with red, orange, and waterfowl tends to go with blues and greens. The random things you learn on this show, right, Andy? (laughs) Exactly. Cool stuff. Now, everybody, I've I've hopefully wetted your whistle for some... Interesting new styles of chicken feeders. Um, go put your hunting caps on and, and take a look out there on the Internet and see what you can find. Now, it looks like in two weeks, May 16th, you'll be taking your life into your own hands and be in Mexico. <laughs> um, Actually, I don't have my calendar in front of me. <laughs> that's okay. So that's the Hold 16th. Because you had mentioned 
might not be available here in a couple of weeks. I was going to let everybody know. I was going to, as we're wrapping up the show, I was going to say, all right, this is a great show, awesome stuff, as always, and we'll see you here back on the screen. Uh, which is the give first, me just a second. First and, third, first and third Thursday of every month, we have Dr. McCray on, and it's, uh, it's, always, it's always awesome. I love all of her shows. Um, um, no, I will be able to do the one on the 16th, I think, if we're not great. videotaping that. If we're not really taping yeah. that Kyle Pox, uh video. Okay, cool. Awesome. So if we are, then... maybe we'll reschedule. Are we on for tonight? Uh, can I let you know? Because it's super crazy with getting ready for processing tomorrow. If I can get everything sure. done and work my tail off to get everything done, I'm not opposed to coming on tonight, doing our Facebook Live tonight. Hadn't done it in a couple of weeks because of our schedule, my schedule. You were available. I was not. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, we, well, I'll, uh, I'll see if I gotta see it's 3 o'clock now, four, 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 four hours. I'll see what all I can get done. i got to deliver eggs, too. And, but I, I Don't kill you know. yourself. Um, Don't kill yourself. And, and, um, no, it's, like I said. But, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. And then maybe let's just do this now in the air. On the 16th, Maybe can we discuss chicken waterers? Not a problem. Let's do that. Let's do chicken waterers. If you can't do it on the 16th, we'll come back and do it on uh, June 6th, which will be the first Thursday of June. Um, There's actually five Thursdays in May, so that would put you doing two weeks in a row if we did the – Fifth Thursday, then you'd have to come right back on the on the first Thursday. So we'll play that by ear. But if you are available on the okay. 16th, you're not videoing that uh, the uh, Falpox, uh how to deliver that, then we will um, we'll do all about chicken waterers, and we'll have back to back chicken feeders and chicken waters and all the ones that are out there and all the all the information we need to know about those. And of course, clearly cleaning those, and how often we need to have clean water for our birds. And if people say uh, ch- your chickens need to have clean water every day, at the end of the day, does that mean you have to go out and empty the water that's out there and put clean water in that five-gallon feeder, or now if you put water in that five? Don't gallon, mess it up for folks, Andy. Let's let them find out info on water. <laughs> When I get back on. I want to know that, too. I want to know that, too. And I'll be – no, I'm a stand-up guy, and you know exactly – this was a huge debate many, many years ago and, and about providing fresh water to your chickens all the time. Does that mean filling that water up every single day or the fact that you filled it up yesterday and it's a five-gallon water and it's only half empty? Is that, is that still fresh water? Do not have to go empty that out and put water in it? Or, and, I, and I noticed a lot of people – I did a poll on this a while back. And I noticed that I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but um, I noticed that people who said uh, or who were in favor of or who said uh, fresh water every single day, <laughs> I found out that they had like ten chickens in a one gallon water. They didn't have much choice in the matter. They were they were they were having to refill that one gallon water that they bought uh, for their ten or twelve chickens every single day because they were going through a gallon of water every single day. So, but folks who had the bigger waters, the five and the seven and the three gallons, may not have been emptying it out and then filling it up with fresh water every single day because they had the bigger waters. So that's that's something we'll talk about when we talk about that show and nipple drinkers and the cup drinkers and the water, the galvanized and the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that'll be a great show too, all about chicken waterers, which hopefully we'll do on the 16th, if not the following show. So we can kind of have back back shows with Dr. McRae about that. But hey, thanks for. Uh, Thanks for coming on today, Super Show, and uh, we'll be thinking about you tomorrow when we're uh, processing birds. We'll be like, oh, I wish Dr. McCray was here. Good luck. Have fun. 
maybe next time. We will, and we're doing this because of everything you taught us uh, two processing sessions ago. If I said that right, although <laughs> you were here and we're teaching us all the ropes, so uh, again we're we're uh, I think it's the old military. It's like a uh, learn one, do one, do one, one, do I one, guess. teach one. Do one, do one, teach one. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we've done. So hey, thanks, Doctor McCray. I'll let you go. Thanks so much, and I'll let you know about tonight at seven p.m. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that's going to wrap up another show. Backyard poultry with the chicken whisperer. Remember, while you're over at Amazon. I want you to look for one more product that we use here on the farm, and that is the Chicken Delight, D-E-L-Y-T-E. We used this product for a year before it even was available to the public, um, and we give it to our chicks. We give it to uh, our starter birds. We give it to our boilers. We give it to our layers. Can you see that? Uh, just so it's it's a combination. If you're buying, if you're one that goes out and says, okay, I got to buy my electrolytes today. Oh, you know what? I'm going to give them uh, this probiotic, or I'm going to give them yogurt, or I'm you know that's a whole other topic. Um, or you know, so it's one product. It gives the probiotics, the prebiotics, the amino acids, the vitamins, the electrolytes. It's all in one product, one scoop per gallon. That is it. It's made. It's already made up for you. Nothing really to decide. One scoop per gallon. You got a five-gallon water, five scoops. Got a two-gallon water, two scoops. It's very easy, and it's all in there. So you don't have to buy multiple products. You buy this one product, Chicken Delight. You can also find that on Amazon when you're over there. And uh, I think it's Prime as well. Two days you can get it, and you can start trying Chicken Delight and see how you like it. Don't take my word for it. Uh, see how you like it. Leave a review on Amazon. Call me. Send me an email whether you like it or not, uh, and let me know because by now you know that there's way more products that I don't share with you then I do share it with you. Uh, and again, I take pride in that. And you see us. You see us use it before we even announce the label. You see us use it before we even announce that it's available. And then if we don't like it, you never see it again. If we do, you hear about it. Um, and that's why I'll, I'll make this invitation too. Any companies, uh, manufacturers, whoever you are out there that listen to the show, and I know you do because sometimes I just get emails out of the blue. Um, if you have a product that you want to get out there to market, it's in development right now, R&D. You want us to try it. You know we're pretty uh, unbiased about that. You see that we have the mail call. You see the excitement our followers get when we open something in the mail that is shipped to us. You see that, for the most part, it's black label. We don't share what the maker is. What, And then they see us use it, and then we basically let you guys know what we think about the product. And then if you choose, and we do all that for free, and then if you choose to become an advertiser, then great. We will go down that path. But right now, it's, it's, it's and then we can give you, we'll write up our report. We'll send it back to you. So if you are company that has a, maybe your product's been out five years and you're like hey this may be a good opportunity you can send it to me we'll test it we'll give you a feedback we'll write you up a report and then we'll share it with our fans if we like it if we don't it goes away we're not going to say hey we didn't like this product this is why we didn't like this product they may see some of that when we're using the product but it's not after the, the all of our testing is done we're not going to say uh start a start a page that products we don't like or anything like that or say hey you know what this is the name of the product this, we don't like it. it just goes away and and uh it, it's it's done with so um that's another reason why we test a lot of stuff here on the farm is we try to do that very fair and open so you can see live videos when we're testing this when we're using this the results we get live there's no uh you see it with your own eyes that's why i think it's been a success for us here on the farm for the last year of doing this so um send me an email cw at chickenwhisperer.com that's cw at chickenwhisperer.com if you'd like your product to be uh 
used, tested, uh, utilized, whatever you want to call it here on our tiny little research farm. Yeah, I know that's a far stretch. Research farm sounds big, bad, and official. Hey, guess what? We'll try your product. We'll let you know if you like it or not. How about Is that a little bit better, more simple for you? Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. I'm the Chicken Whisperer. I'll see you next time.